Welcome to the Pay Yourself First podcast. My name is Chris Jolly, and I'm on a mission to financially empower millions of entrepreneurs. I want you to make and keep more money so that you can begin implementing and turbocharging a plan for creating financial freedom your way during the life cycle of your current business without spending a ton of time or becoming a professional investor. You see, most of the financial teachings out there are made for employees, not entrepreneurs. If you wouldn't listen to someone who doesn't have kids about parenting, why take business financial advice from someone without a business? Are you ready to break free of bad advice and follow the trail of other uncommon entrepreneurs so you can get from where you are now to the lifestyle you were aiming to create when you started your business? Then stick around. Here comes another episode of Pay Yourself First, where the only investment we offer is the one you make in yourself. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm very excited to be with you again, as always. Today, we have another amazing six-figure-plus online entrepreneur. His name is Devin Ash, and he's calling in from BC Canada today. Devin, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing super good. Thank you very much. And thanks for taking some time out of your day to come share your knowledge with me and your story with the audience. I'm sure we're going to have a blast. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Okay, so Devin, your business is called Social Fluency, and you're a men's relationship and confidence coach. Can you tell us a little bit more about exactly what that means, who you help, and how you got into all of this? Yeah, I'll, I'll just start with like how I got into it, because I think that sort of sets the stage for a lot of it. Growing up, I moved around a lot, and I was forced to become social. I was forced to become confident. Each year, a new school, and I had to reset and restart. And so people always ask, military family? No hippie family, divorced parents. And so I would go back and forth between my mom and my dad. I became a natural. I became someone who could just walk into a new situation, unconsciously suss out the social dynamics, and then be able to get the outcome that I wanted for the most part. But I didn't know why. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just intuiting the whole thing. So any of your listeners, if they have a friend who is a natural or maybe they're a natural when they ask that friend hey how'd you do that social thing that friend will usually say one or two things they'll say hey just be confident which is pretty much useless advice if you feel nervous and you're being told to be confident do i not look confident like you just go into a spin the other piece of advice that they'll give and that i used to give is just be yourself you're, you're great just be yourself and while that's actually good advice it's not very helpful when someone's feeling nervous because myself is nervous. It's, if I'm to be myself, how am I, how can I not be myself? Right now, myself is nervous. Is throwing up on this person's shoes the cool thing to do? Because <laughs> that's what I feel like doing right now. So anyways, that was the advice that I would always give people, which was pretty useless. Fast forward, in grade 10, I went to Columbine High School. So I wasn't there for the incident, but I was in university. I was just first year university when the incident happened. I was in their grade 10. The guys who did it when I was in grade 10, they were freshmen. And so I was in my first year of school, university, when they were seniors and did it. I didn't really know them. I knew one of them in passing. And the teacher who died, I was quite close with him. But I knew the bullies. I knew the kids who had pushed those killers to their edge. And, and I'm certainly not blaming the bullies. I know that the kids who did it, had they been more, more assertive, had they been willing to stand up for themselves or even use humor to deflect in a way that worked, that possibly could have been avoided. So at the time, this is now I know that, but at the time I had no idea. I was just freaked out and 
scared for my little brothers and worried about the future. And as we both know, it's gotten worse and worse, but I didn't really have a plan of how to deal with it. Fast forward a few more years, I'm finishing up university, graduating top of my class, and I get cancer. I get a cancer diagnosis. I already had cancer. I'm freaked out, obviously. What's in the lines of my face, I come back into where I'm sitting and, and you're like, oh, I don't even see it. But at 23, fresh scar, big pink, they had to separate the skin down to my jawline and stretch it up because they had to remove a big chunk. So my face was dragged down and I became a recluse and I avoided new people and I avoided, certainly avoided talking to women I was attracted to. And so I got depressed and I got pretty freaked out and... I wouldn't say there was some kind of sunrise I was watching where I had this realization, but I just had this feeling over time where I was like, I, I don't want to be the guy who peaked in high school. I want, I want more. I want, I want the next adventure. I want there to be a story behind this and a reason for this. So I started building myself back up and I started reading books and this was a long time ago. So there wasn't like the amount of information and coaches and stuff back then, but I just started doing self-education on this and started working with some friends who were also curious about how to build confidence. And over the course of a few years, built myself back up to not just where I was, but quite far beyond it. Because again, when I was a natural, when I really wanted something to work out in a certain way, I would blow it. But when I became a, a conscious natural, a conscious socializer, I realized that there were certain patterns that I could do that would get me great results. So I started doing those patterns more and more. And so I got better. I now, certainly now, get much better results socially than I ever have before because I see the matrix. I see how it works. And I'm able to activate certain things when I need them. Fast forward a few more years and a couple friends of mine and I started social fluency, initially working with men exclusively, then started working with women, brought on some female coaches, trained them up, started working with a lot of women, and then expanded into corporate training. Social fluency, worked with Apple, Google, Deloitte, YouTube, a bunch of big tech companies down in San Francisco, teaching their teams how to be more interactive and clear communication. So I still do some corporate training, but I love working with entrepreneurs. I love working with individuals who want to increase their confidence and build better relationships. Romantic, probably first and foremost, because a lot of people who suffer from really intense loneliness, they just don't even have a partner to, yeah. to connect with. Romantic, plutonic relationship, and professional relationships are all housed in the social fluency curriculum. Yeah, so that's how I got into it, and that's an idea of who I work with as well. I love it. That's quite a story. Um, very gripping. And thank you for sharing that with us. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you brought up something important, which is the ability to be able to put yourself out there and to talk to people to get what you want. And it's something that I know people in general struggle with, but something that as an entrepreneur, you really have to work at if you want to keep going at what you're doing, because if you can't put yourself in front of people and tell them who you are and what you do and ask them for help and ask them to buy your product and things of that nature, it's going to be hard to succeed as an entrepreneur. Can you tell me a couple of things that a business owner can do to up their confidence and get them out into those social situations? Yeah, that's such a 
key ingredient to entrepreneurship that a lot of people, I think they sleep on, to be honest. Yeah. They think if they can just get a really good product or get some really good systems. And yeah, those both are very important. We'll see what happens with AI. But for now, this is a human-focused world. And you being able to connect with other humans is the essence of success. Not only success in your business, but also just success in life. And you look at people who are genuinely happy and feel like they've had a successful life. These are people who have prioritized relationships across the board. That's the case. Yeah, I, I think it's such a key ingredient. I would say I would, if I was an entrepreneur who was getting started or even had some success, but was seeing like this kind of block from a networking perspective, I would zoom out even further and recognize that your social brain that's going to be activated in a networking event. It's going to be activated in a sales process. It's going to be activated just in general, like relationship building for your career. It's the same social brain that's connected into your social life and the same brain that's connected into your romantic life. And that is this brain that's interacting with other brains. And so we need to start from the ground level, which is if I was working with one of your listeners right now, I'd say, okay, where are you at right now with your confidence in striking up a conversation with someone at the grocery store? Where are you at with a little bit of banter with the barista? Do you just treat life like a bunch of tasks that you need to do? Or is life a playground that you explore and engage wherever you can? Because it's we're talking about a muscle. We're talking about this social muscle that it's the culmination of your brain and your body and your gut, and all these different parts of you that are going to show up in these situations. And so we need to work that muscle. And if we don't work that muscle atrophies. So getting in the habit of two things, one, doing something that makes you uncomfortable early on in the day with my students and with myself, I do a cold shower, or I have a cold plunge on the patio, I do a some kind of cold exposure every day. And I don't miss a day because I know that my mood is elevated. I know that I've now done the uncomfortable thing. When I look back at lunch, when I'm deciding what to eat, I look back, oh, I already really took a step in the direction of health. Why don't I go for something a little healthier today? And I'm not saying I don't treat myself. I do. But I'm making a conscious decision first thing in, in the day to get out of my comfort zone and do something for like kind of the greater good of myself. So that's the first thing is do something uncomfortable. The second thing is put yourself out there socially in some way every day. I like to do both of those things first thing in the morning. So I do my cold plunge. And then I when I go outside, the first person I see, I say, good morning. And that's it. That's if I could give your listeners one kind of first leverage thing to to pull, it would be that do something uncomfortable and then do something social. And the social thing doesn't need to be this big, scary thing. It can just be one tiny step out of your comfort zone. What that does is it creates a pattern, and that pattern becomes a virtuous cycle. The trick is you want to get out of your comfort zone, right? Your comfort zone sits right here. I'll try to make it so it stands out on my shirt. So your comfort zone sits right here. If you go from your comfort zone, maybe you're feeling frustrated. Maybe you're listening to this podcast right now, and you're like, damn, I need to get on. This is horrible. I'm going to go do something extremely uncomfortable. What's going to happen there is you're probably going to not do so well. You're going to fail potentially. 
And then you're going to go rushing back into your comfort zone. And the scary thing about that is your comfort zone is comfy. And it gives you this moment of positive reinforcement when you get back into it, which makes your comfort zone shrink a little bit and also strengthen it almost like it like makes the edges of your comfort zone that much more solid. So what we want to do is we want to go from your comfort zone just outside your comfort zone and then back in your comfort zone and then just outside your comfort zone and then back in your comfort zone and then just outside and back in and just outside and back in and just outside and back in and just outside. So over time, you can get out to that extremely uncomfortable thing. But we want to do that over the course of months. Steady progress is the key to success in this social world. Putting someone so far out of their comfort zone. This is like common in like weekend boot camps or mm -hmm. some kind of thing where people are expected to go out and be super social very quickly. And they're not really given a lot of tools. The idea is that you're just going to get pushed into these situations. And to be honest, it's dangerous. It's messy. And it doesn't really get the results that you want because you get the Mondays coming up after the weekend and you just go back to normal. Maybe you'll have a few days of, oh, I feel pumped up. You haven't built the resilience and the skill to do something with it. So the trick and the reason I do month long, several month long trainings is to slowly expand out of your comfort zone so that you're just getting win after win after win and nothing feels super scary. It just feels exciting. It just feels, oh, this is just the next logical step that I need to take on this journey. So many great points in there, Devin. Now, I know that in the last couple of years, a lot of people, their social skills, they have not had so many opportunities, let's say, to brush up on them and make use of them. But you have a new training that's out that is working to combat that. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up, man. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I, I called it a muscle. And I don't know if you seem like a pretty social guy. You seem like you probably can find your way around a networking event and, and that's great. But even guys like you and me who are naturally more social, and I won't speak for you. I'll just speak for myself. All right. I felt quite introverted after the first kind of wave of social distancing. And there was one point when my wife and I went traveling. And then when we came back, we had to isolate. We uh -huh. had to like fully quarantine. And I went out when the quarantine was over and I felt very awkward. I felt very bumbly. I felt very, I'd get stuck in my words. I wouldn't know what to say or I would freeze up. So even the most social people are finding their way back. And then obviously there's a lot of people who weren't social to begin with, who yeah. that has just even further exacerbated that issue. Now they may have been like stoked at first. <laughs> the pandemic is like the best news they've ever heard because they don't have to socialize anymore. But what a lot of them have found especially over the course of time, is they just like being around people. They don't necessarily want to talk to people, but they want to be able to go to a coffee shop. They sure. want to be able to go sit around people and just have that because we're tribal beings. We need that feeling of connection. Yeah, I created a program called Social Fluency Small Talk, and it's really just a very fundamental skills for putting yourself out there in social situations. It's things like body language. It's things like voice tonality conversational agility, storytelling, these types of really fundamental humaning skills that can always use a brush up. And what I've found is that no matter where someone's at, if they go through this training, they will like there's it's like an eight part video masterclass. So I don't like the term masterclass. But for this one, I feel like it actually it is because it's eight videos 
that are jammed just constant like people needing to take major notes so some people will be like filled up through that whole thing and other people will be like yeah that was repetitive from stuff that i knew but that point was really important that point was really important that point and those people are the ones that are just honing at one edge but either way it's for men and women and it, it is i'm really proud of it it's a really great program excellent now can you tell everybody what your website is so they can go check it out yeah, of course. So the website is socialfluency.com. And then within the website, you'll find links to the Small Talk Masterclass. You'll be able to find it. And then obviously you can find me on social media as well. Awesome. Appreciate that. Now, Devin, tell me what's one financial goal personally that you've had for a while? And what do you think has kept you from achieving it thus far? I've oscillated. I would say I am financially free because we don't have kids. We're not going to have kids. We we really enjoy our freedom. And so we don't have kind of this kind of urgency and worry around money. But if I was to say a goal, I would like to own a home in a very warm part of the world. And I'd like to live there almost full time, ideally. But I also don't feel super attached to owning a home. So it's like this story that has maybe been pushed into my mind from kind of culture. I feel very free in my life to rent and to explore new places. And my wife and I are moving away from Vancouver in the next. And that freedom and that that kind of looseness in our plans is something that I really enjoy in my life. Gotcha. Now, tell me a little bit about, though, from a business perspective, let's say that you get to the point where you don't have to be active in the business if you don't want to, and that you're free to spend your time as you want, and yet you have all the money coming in you need to fund your lifestyle. What does your life look like then? How are you spending your time? I am a senior pickleball pro. I'm absolutely obsessed with pickleball. I love it. I honestly think I would probably spend several hours a day playing pickleball. I already do pretty much. So I would say I would be playing more pickleball. I would be surfing more. I love what I do. So it's this weird thing that I, I imagine I would be working just as much. I don't see myself, at least in the near future, I don't see myself trying to remove myself from my business. A lot of my friends and kind of peers have gone on to be very successful with online marketing and internet marketing and social media and stuff like that, but they don't get that touch point that I get to experience. And multiple of them have commented how they miss the experience of working with individuals. So I really love what I do. I know one day I will want to retire and I might also just be like, hey, I want to open up a food truck. I, I love cooking and I might just be like, hey, I'm done with this. Got some nice. coaches and maybe I sell the business or something like that. I could possibly see wanting to get into food. I just love what I do so much that it it does not feel like something I'm going to stop doing. So I think even if I hit a bunch of crazy financial goals, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I've also been thinking a lot about how much do I really need? I like the premise of your podcast being like financial freedom. Like what, what does that freedom mean for someone? And for me, I've already gotten it. I live very well. I've got a, a very comfortable nest egg. I have a career that brings me a lot of money that I love doing and I'm very happy. And so I don't know what I would change. And I, and I don't have crazy lofty goals about millions and millions of dollars in my bank account. I, I want to 
have a positive in impact and I want to uh, make sure that the people around me do well and I want to support them. In a lot of ways, I feel like I've already made it. And, and in one part of me is, oh, is that possibly true? Because I see all my other friends who've got super fancy cars and all these sorts of things. And I'm like, I'm pretty content. And that's a nice place to be. Yeah, I think that's so crucial. There's that story where Kurt Vonnegut shows up to the UN and he's talking to somebody and he says, this guy's, oh, he has this and all these billions of dollars and all these different things. And Kurt Vonnegut goes, yeah, but I have the one thing he's never going to have and, and that's enough. And that just highlights the point that financial freedom is different for everybody. Yeah. And what one person needs or desires is not what another one does. Exactly. Beautifully said. Yeah, amazing. So now I want to ask you, if you can imagine that your business is a hose and the cash flow in your business is the water in that hose, what would be the biggest kink in that hose that's keeping more and more of that cash flow going through your business? I would say lead gen is always a challenge. I would say, I'd say that's the biggest challenge. Usually when someone is a good fit, they sign up for my training because once we have a conversation, if they're a good fit, which to be fair, often they're not, but yeah. if they're a good fit, they can tell pretty quickly that I'm not trying to take advantage. So the, I think the biggest kink would be lead gen. So that's getting press, Facebook advertising, YouTube advertising, all those sorts of ways that people find me. Yeah, I'd say that would be the biggest kind of resistance that gotcha. my business has. That's something very common, I think, for many entrepreneurs, especially in a space like you're in. That's one of the biggest things I know that I hear for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Now tell everybody a one objective you have right now inside of your business or initiative you'd really love to see completed before the end of the year. I would like to reaching out to you to get on this podcast was part of this intention objective that I have to put myself out there more. I've actively avoided social media for years and years. I've been a coach for 15 years. So had I really gone all in on social media 15 years ago, I think I'd obviously have a huge following, but I actively didn't because I was my whole thing is teaching people how to do the real deal. Why would I go there? In retrospect, the people who need me the most are online. So I'd say my objective would be to put myself out there in as many places as I can. And if I was to put a number on it, I would like to have 100 press, podcast, or some kind of social media crossover thing this year. And I was just on the radio earlier this week, and I am going to be in Vancouver Magazine, which is like a fancy magazine in Vancouver, in the coming weeks. So I'm making an effort, I'm putting myself out there. And so more of that, I think, is what I want to do. And it's nice, as I said, because I feel content with my financial positioning, it's nice for me to do it with an intention of, I just want to help more people. Like, I just think after this pandemic, there's a lot of introversion that people don't really like right now. Some introverts just like being introverts and more power to you. But some people are just feeling really shy, but they want to get out there. And so my intention of putting myself out there, yeah, I'm not going to say I, I won't accept people's money because there needs to be some kind of exchange, but I, I love what I do so much and I know what I do helps so many people that I feel really empowered to put myself out there in as many places as I can. 
Leading by example and being social. Absolutely love it, Devin. Fantastic. Yeah. Now, the last thing I want to ask you before we let you go today is any piece of advice you have for the other entrepreneurs out there or parting words? Yeah, I would go back to, yeah, I'd go back to the thing that I said initially, which is get out of your comfort zone. But I would also say, take any kind of action today, do something, even if it's not the right thing to do something, because any kind of action leads to a shift in the water around you. And that kind of unsettling of the water creates opportunities. That that would be my 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 little gem is unsettle the water around you to create opportunities and like uh, bubble up some sales or some new connections or whatever that is. But take some kind of action. I love it. Yep, absolutely true. If you're not taking action, you're not getting any traction. Devin, thank you so much for coming on today and take the time out of your day to share your wisdom with my audience. I know I had a blast. I'm sure they will enjoy it as well. Thank you. Yeah, I had a great time. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Awesome. And if you had a great time as well and you're listening out there and you haven't subscribed yet, I don't know what the heck you're doing, but go ahead and do that and leave us one of those five-star reviews as well. It helps us out a ton and really helps us to get the word out to more entrepreneurs. And if you are a six-figure plus online entrepreneur like our amazing guest Devin today, and you want to come be on the podcast as well, we would love to talk to you to do that. You can go to pyfpodcast.com. That's the letters pyfpodcast.com. I will see you next time. Devin, thanks again. Thank you. If you've listened this far, chances are you're an entrepreneur looking to become more financially literate and create financial freedom for yourself from your business. The Pay Yourself First podcast is definitely here to help with that. My goal is to continue to share what I've learned about using your business as the tool to create financial freedom. But let's face it, it would take me years to share with you everything you need to know via these episodes. Creating financial freedom is something that most people never even consider, let alone make a plan for or take action towards. It's something almost no one was taught anything about. Doing it as an entrepreneur is even more challenging, especially without support. So if you're ready to get clear on what financial freedom looks like for you, come up with an action plan and get the support systems and accountability you need, I invite you to consider the Abundantly Infinite Entrepreneur. I created the program to help entrepreneurs just like you get a handle on their personal and business finances and start building confidently towards financial freedom. And it's how you can discover ways to take 10 years off your retirement, add an extra five or six figures to your portfolio, and finally get clear on what numbers you should be tracking in your business and why. Together, we'll gain clarity around your financial goals and what being financially free would actually look like for you. Then we'll put together a customized game plan to get you there and the accountability to see you through. And by the way, you're also gonna get all the spreadsheets you need to run your numbers lifetime access to the materials, including any updates, and entry into our members-only community. In addition to all the knowledge, coaching, community, and systems that you need to create financial freedom from your business, you'll also receive a free financial assessment, a retirement planning session, and guided meditation aimed at helping you embody the feeling of true financial freedom. So yeah, you can just listen to the free content on these podcasts to help you move towards becoming a financially free entrepreneur. And sure, you'll likely see some results, or you can make the decision to commit to learning, implementing, and embodying what you need to know to create the financially free life you dreamed of when you started your business journey. Click the link in the show notes to answer a quick questionnaire, and you'll be on your way to joining the Abundantly Infinite Entrepreneur.